Hello and welcome to another episode of The Blind Social. Um, today we'll be talking about tasks, uh, everyday tasks and tasks where it involves just travelling or cooking or anything like that. And I'm joined by my usual host, John Attenborough. John, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, Jamie. How's it going? Not too bad. And we're also joined by a fellow Scotsman on John's behalf. That is Jürgen Donaldson. Jürgen, how are you? Evening, good to be with you boys. Uh, thanks for coming in at such short notice. It's, uh, it's typical me that I just message someone 12 hours before I was out. Free by any chance. <laughs> A pleasure but, to be with you both. Thank you. So, um, yeah, like we said, this is uh, an idea that was uh, John was given to by uh, Gordon Anthony. Do you want to kind of expand on what we're talking about, John? Yeah, sure. So, um, as we do, you know, every time one of these ones go out, we ask if anybody's got any suggestions or any ideas that they, or anything that they'd like us to talk about. And Gordon got in touch and asked if we could do a sort of how-to, um, how do we do certain tasks, like you said, such as cooking or planning long journeys or, you know, tasks in our home, um, just sort of, you know, daily living stuff so I thought that was a really good idea and mm. it's you know certainly something I think that people people could be really quite interested to know how you know blind people go about doing sort of everyday tasks like that so mm. it could be to cover and uh, this, this this I think this episode will be like kind of the past two merge together because I think we will definitely mention a couple of silly questions that we might be asked by just random people like how did you get in a shower and at the same yeah, time, yeah, totally, yeah. you know, just stuff like that that is it's kind of, kind of a valid question, but at the same time, it should really be self-explanatory. Um, yeah. So I suppose we could start in the home. Jürgen, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know about you guys, I start my morning every day with a cup of tea. Uh, I am not much used to anyone in the morning before I've had a cup of tea. And I guess kind of it's a bit of a life hack in a way. But rather than boiling a whole kettle and then, you know, I know lots of us have got the spirit levels to put in your mug and everything else. Uh, I kind of cheat. I use the microwave. So, you know, I just fill a mug up with some water and whack it in the microwave. Uh, until the water is hot, normally just press the quick go button three times. Uh, bingo bango, you've got hot water. Dunk in my tea bag, and I know how much water is in the mug. Which my kettle has an awful kind of weird circular spout on it on the side of the kettle, not even at the top. So it is monumentally safer for me personally when I'm making a cup of tea, just to you know fill up the mug. Whack it in the microwave, bingo bango. Two minutes later, you got a cup of tea. We uh we spoke about this didn't we, John, last week, and you you have your special little gizmo. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same as you, Jurgen, except I don't use the microwave. Although that's an absolutely fantastic idea. I've never actually mm. heard anybody say that before. I'm just hearing you say that. I'm just like, oh, you know, that's <laughs> I never I never ever thought of that before, but. But yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same as same as you. You know, I am not a morning person whatsoever. So I have to get a cup of coffee as soon as I get up, more or less. 
Um, and I use the Breville One Cup. So it's like a, it's like a little gadget. It's like a, almost like a little coffee machine, but it it basically fills one cup. It boils. You fill this thing up with water, and it boils the water, and then it automatically dispenses the water into the cup that you've put underneath the spout. But so it just fills up exactly one cup's worth of of boiling water, and then all you do is add your coffee beans in and whatever whatever else you need to add in to save you sort of having to use one of the liquid level indicators or mm-hmm. you know holding a kettle of boiling water because I'm I I I mean I'm prone to accidents in the kitchen. I'm just not a good person in the kitchen, so it's anything to make my life easier is is much better. And that's that's one of my favourite gadgets that I've got actually in the kitchen is that coffee machine because it's just great. You know, you just put your cup underneath, hit the button, it boils the water and pours it. It's great. Mm. And I actually because I messaged you last week about that to get yeah. the exact name and I looked that on Amazon it's not a bad price you had a 50 quid I think it was yeah it's round about, round about 50 quid yeah which so isn't too bad definitely um, well you, you guys have uh, smart and logical ways of doing things me uh uh-uh. coffee in the morning uh, I just use a kettle and um, I don't even have a, uh, a liquid indicator um, I was, but sadly I use my finger uh, oh. <laughs> the, the tips of your fingers will be red raw then. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't fell off yet. Um, but yeah, I just, I just kind of, I don't, I don't kind of just tip it and just let it go and go and go. I kind of go tip down, tip down, and then kind of just every now and then just tap. And then when I hurt myself, I say, yeah, that's that's there. That's there. It's really bad. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend if you are like. You know, recently gone uh, vision impaired, or you've recently kind of lost your sight. I would recommend Jurgen or John's way of doing things, unless you're just a a nutcase like myself, um, <laughs> a thrill seeker. Enjoys the pain, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> That's what wakes me up in the morning. Instead of the Let's see how I can hurt myself. Today. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of going out, I just go woo really loud when I hurt myself. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be very open to doing either way, actually, because uh, they're both like you said, they're just they're logical, sensible, painless ways, really, aren't they? Just to you know, you, you want you really, especially in the morning, you mm-hmm. want to be able to make a hot drink without hurting yourself, don't you? Preferably. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that that goes that goes for any time of the day, not just in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is very true. So yeah, so well, at least we established that Jurgen is a tea drinker, and me and John are coffee drinkers in the morning. That's uh, that that oh, changes yeah. our friendships. Well, I've got I start my day with my cup of tea, but then I think by nine thirty ten a.m. I've got a little Nespresso espresso machine which is again simplicity itself you know you put in the little coffee pod put in the put the little espresso mug underneath press one button press it again happy days you've got a little Mm. espresso thing you know these things are just they just save a lot of time and a lot of effort and you know things that are not specifically designed to be you know accessible or you know, aren't necessarily meant to be particularly safe from our perspective, just are by design, right? I mean, 
they're great because they just simplify things like you know the things we want to enjoy in the morning mm-hmm. yeah totally totally and i think that's a, that's a good point you know like these like espresso machines and the same as the same as the bevel one cup dispenser mm-hmm. that i use you know they're not they're not designed to be accessible for for like blind people to use but just because of the simplicity of them just makes them really easy and straightforward and safe for us to use them yeah mm. And one thing that I, I, I think I might have said this in the last episode, but the liquid indicators, I don't know if um, either of you have used them, but I think I'm sure I said this last episode. The one massive problem I have with those liquid indicators, they're liquid indicators, but what happens <laughs> when you drop it in the, in, in the, in the drink? Oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know anybody who hasn't broken at least half a dozen of those things. I mean, oh. yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a bit bonkers when you think of that liquid in life. Just it just no, just it, it confuses me. Yeah, but it doesn't even like securely clip onto the side of your mug, right? No, it, just it just sort kinda, of it just kind of hangs over. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You just balance it a little bit. So the lightest the, of touches, you would just fly. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. My my uh, council sensory person, she gave me three to start with. Like, giving me? Why are you giving me three? She's like, because you're going to break them. I was like, oh, I'm not going to break them. Within a week, one was down. And uh, I think five months later, I'm down to the the third one. But I don't really use it now. But I've still got one. I love how she's actually thinking that my one just gave me one. Yeah, see. Didn't even even warn me that, you know, they break very easily. (laughs) Um, They are. I mean, for what they are, you know, they're they're good for what they are, but they're just mm. not they're not durable. I think that's the no. that's the probably correct way to to put it. The one the one use I did find for it is you know when you want to make yourself just a tall glass of like squash and <clears throat> trying to get sometimes you know you try, you're, you're trying to listen for how much squash you've put in the glass. It's like well, is that going to be strong? Is it going to be weak? I don't know. Um, my little thing has been. Take the cold water up to the first level indicator, and then use that gap to the second level indicator for the squash. Right. It, works, it works out about right, you know. That is the the one use I do have for uh, the liquid level indicator. Well, that, that's that that is a, a that is a very annoying thing. You raise a good point there. Making squash it's the most <laughs> yeah most tedious task ever. <laughs> oh. Know, you want to get a cup of sugar, or you get a cup of water. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've completely given up trying to make squash because I either like, oh, I, I usually end up like putting far too much squash in far too much yeah. water, and yeah. it's just oh, oh, it's just, oh, oh, I'm just like, it's just so much, it's just too much of a chore. It's just you, you, you squinting when you sip your drink after. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah de- definitely. I think uh, I think me and you, Jürgen, should um, treat each other with Christmas and buy what John has, and uh, just get a one cup for each of us. That that'll work out, wouldn't it? Oh, there you go. Happy days. So I said, Christmas shopping done. <laughs> it'll, be on, it'll be on your doorstep tomorrow. That's... Oh, <laughs> Amazon sponsored by Amazon. Thanks, guys. Other, other, we should probably say other retailers are available. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, quite. Yes, yeah, they are. They are indeed. Um, so let's just go back. Actually, we, we can kind of go through our 
uh, the actual day routine itself. So actually moving on from your drinks, um, food, what's, what's, what's people like in the morning for food and how do you go about it, John? Um, see, I'm not always a breakfast person. Um, sometimes, um, and that, that's usually because I get up far too close to the time I'm supposed to be starting work at. Um, so I usually don't have time to grab anything to eat. Um, but on the days where I do, where I'm not too busy in the morning, I, I tend to just have like cereal or something. Just have a, mm. have a bowl of cornflakes. I'm pretty boring. I'm like a sort of coffee and coffee and cornflakes sort of person. Do you have a, a hack of when it comes to putting the milk in? Or you no, no, I mean, I mean, honestly, I make such a mess. Like, I just, like, that's why I tend not to have breakfast usually because I just, usually I'll sort of, pour, I'm, I'm somebody who pours the milk in first and then pours the, okay. the, the, the cornflakes in afterwards because um, I found that if you put the cereal in first and then add the milk on, Afterwards, it just splashes everywhere. And, um, That's the way to do it, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, for some people, anyway, not not for me. Jürgen, what what's uh? Well, you you strike me as a, a, a like a hot like breakfast kind of person. Yeah, I mean, some mornings it's a uh, a bit of cereal and fruit. Uh, I'm definitely I do fruit then cereal then milk. And uh, I do I kind of follow you, Jamie, with the cup of tea or coffee, but a uh, finger just inside the bowl to check where the what the milk situation is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, hot foods. I mean, you know, I, I mean, this will kind of repeat in a lot of my cooking uh, endeavors. But the Foreman Grill is fairly key to life. Uh, oh, I love my Foreman. Yeah. Oh yeah, mate. You know, whack oh. on a couple rashes of bacon. You know, can't go wrong. I mean. Literally, you can't go wrong. You know, you put, you put it on the grill. <laughs> it's kind of, it kind of does it for you. You just put it on it. and that's, 100%. That's what I love about. And, you know, you don't have to worry about flipping it. You know, you're not messing about with a pan that's, like, shaking around an induction plate or something, and you're trying to find the hot spot. It's just, it's on, it's done, and it's on your butt before you know it. Happy days. Um, I mean... <laughs> I would have, I would have uh, definitely crucified myself before uh, I lost my eyesight for this one. But if it's just me myself and I'm making a bit of toast and scrambled egg in the morning, I'll get absolutely lynched for this. But uh, I, a mug, a couple of eggs, a uh, teaspoon of butter, uh, mix it up, I go back to the microwave. And like 15 second uh, stints, in 15 seconds, mix it, repeat. Normally takes about three or four, maybe two or three, uh, goes in the microwave and you end up, it's not, it's not the best scrambled egg you've ever had, but it's, it's pretty decent. It's not the worst scrambled egg I've ever had, you know, and a bit of toast and, you know, keeps life nice and simple. Feeling a bit of Scottishness, get a bit of smoked salmon on there. Can't go wrong. Definitely. I, 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 you're, I'm learning so much from this today. <laughs> I'm going to have to try like a scrambled egg, scrambled egg in a mug. It, it, it is, the Irish popular thing just seems to involve a microwave or a mug. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I clean it easily? Am I going to burn myself? Yes and no. These are the important answers from my perspective. I mean, I, before, like I said, before I lost my eyesight, 
if someone said to me, oh yeah, I'm going to cook it in the microwave, I would have given them a hell of a look. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to practicalities of just day-to-day life, you know, you, you kind of find the way which is most accessible to you. It's least likely to kind of end up in some sort of kitchen disaster. Flames. Well, I mean, if your if your scrambled eggs gone on fire, something, <laughs> something's gone badly wrong. I'd have to suggest, but you know, you're not going to burn it, and it's safer than messing around. I mean, again, I've got this little induction plate in my kitchen, which is my absolute uh, nemesis. Um, so finding these little ways of doing things safely just makes all the difference. Did uh, did you feel like a bit of a a bit dirty when you did it for the first time with a mug, bit like a I, criminal? I did. I, I was yeah. definitely <laughs> feeling like I kind of like pulled out the the sort of student cookbook my mum got me when I went to university <laughs> in two thousand and two. Uh, it, it was called the student cookbook handbook, and uh, that was the sort of thing they would have told me to do in there. I was like looking at it like, what? No, that's wrong. You can't do that. Um, but, you know, particularly living on my own and not having somebody to check, like, you know, have I got the hob on right, you know, and just to sort of help out. Just, you know, if you're on your own from an accessibility mm. and simplicity perspective, it just makes life as simple as possible. Mm. Totally. And 100%. For, for me... Uh, it's what your mum makes you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Leave me alone. I um I, I do my own cereal, thank you very much. Um, and, and I do what you do with the whole. For me, it's Weetabix seems to be my go-to cereal at the moment. Mm. Um, for cereal and first, and then milking, I just kind of use my finger, just kind of judge. And I, I, most of the time, I get too much milk. But then my excuse for that is that Weetabix will soak them up, up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it's the sugar I struggle with. I tend to have one Weetabix that has quite a lot of sugar in it. And the other one's just nothing. Um, but just to touch on toast, I don't know if I'm the only one toast, but we, yeah, making it fine, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to putting some on toast, do you guys struggle spreading? Oh, yeah. Goes all over yeah. the place. Oh, big time. Yes. That, that's, yeah, it's one of the reasons I usually don't bother with toast, because if I go to spread like butter or jam or that on toast, I end up cutting a big hole in the bread and it's just I'm like it's just not worth it I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I always get, I get stressed out I'm like oh, just, I just want to make my toast now I'm going to shout my land down can you come with me jam on my toast please that's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit um, awkward well for toast and jam here's a quick another quick life hack um, the buttering once you've got your toast, obviously, just little bits of butter at a time, particularly with the spreadable, because it just keeps it, lessens the chance you're going to spread half of it across the worktop rather than the toast. Um, but then when it comes to the jam, I use uh, a spoon, spoon of jam on in the middle, and I use the back of the spoon and push it out around the toast rather than ah. trying to use a knife. And it works a lot better because the knife, you don't know where it is on the knife, what's happening with the knife, uh, where the knife is in relation to the toast half the time. We spoon, start from the centre, work out, happy days. Man, where, uh, have you, where have you been all my life? You know? Well, <laughs> where are the girls telling me that one, John? <laughs> <laughs> 
Jürgen's the one who's been like, obviously blind for the, the least time as well, and you've managed to just whack up all these life hacks. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know, it's brilliant. I just hand go hand in hand with you. Wait, just wait until we get to the busy, full on cooking meals, and that's when he'll sharpen his knife and sharp a bit. But uh... I, I'm just I'm just warming up. <laughs> right, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the more sort of basic stuff. Um, and uh, what about like kind of lunchy type food? So you got you know your sandwiches, and you might do a bit of hot stuff. How would you guys go about that, Jurgen? Um, it really depends what I fancy. I mean, particularly this time of year, uh, I'm pretty partial to a nice bowl of soup, I have to say. And I bought uh, a well-known brand of kettle and kitchen appliance soup maker, uh, again, off a well-known online retailer website uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. I think it cost me about 35 quid. And you can, I can use it for a few things, like making sauces and other things, because with this thing, you can saute and then boil and then blitz all in the one thing. So, you know, like I made a, a celeriac soup uh, last week. And just dice up all your vegetables, put a bit of olive oil on the bottom. Uh, you start with chucking in all the veg, put it on the saute function, like the frying function. Keep stirring it around so it all cooks a little bit as much as you want. Pour in the stock or whatever you're going to use as the liquid in the soup. And then you, it's only got three settings. Sort of off, saute, boil, uh, blitz. So it's pretty, again, really simple to use. And uh, inside it, like, you know, depending what kind of soup you're making, your tomato soup takes me about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, celeriac soup took a bit longer just because celeriac takes longer to cook but you know for me this time of year just a good bowl of soup and a bit of buttered bread that is pretty much as good as it gets as far as I'm concerned and do, you, do you make do you make your soup like from scratch yeah yeah this like this soup oh, maker wow. oh, of course <laughs> John of course yeah of <laughs> course I mean, this, well, literally this soup maker could not make life any easier for you like oh, wow. you're just chucking everything in there even if you choose not to saute it for most of it, you just put it onto the boil function once you've got the liquid in and then let it go and then blitz it. That's your soup made all in one thing. No, like, you know, three pans or this, that and the next thing. I mean, my favourite soup's probably a carrot and coriander. And that was just, I mean, I just roughly chopped an onion, chucked that in, chopped up the carrots, chucked those in, bit of seasoning, put it on the saute function for a few minutes chucked in the water, threw in a, ma- a massive bushel of coriander, is the only way to describe it, and uh, <laughs> let it go 10 minutes, 15, and then blitzed it, and then, amazing. Homemade wow. carrot and coriander soup. I mean, it does start to rack up all these kitchen appliances, it's got to be said, but, uh, for, you know, for given how much time of the year, <laughs> it's pretty cold. Uh it's yeah, it's pretty great. That's so that's yeah, that's probably my go to lunch to have to say. 
Mm. You, you, you do, you do realise, uh, yeah, that you're giving John all these ideas, and he's not—he's going to be the other blind foodie. Yeah. <laughs> More oh, than earlier. I'm, 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 I'm thinking, well, every 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 meal this guy comes up with something. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually like a sort of like at lunchtime. Well, I mean, during normal times, I'm usually out and about during the day, so I'll probably, like, nip into Greg's and get a sandwich or mm. something, oh, yes. you know, but um, <clears throat> because we're all sort of, you know, this year we've all been at home, um, after, I, I usually tend to just get, you know, your, your sort of typical rolls from the supermarket and yeah. a bit of ham and cheese, shove it on there and off you go, I'm, I'm, but I'm liking the idea of that soup machine. So I need to look, definitely need to look up up then because usually when I make soup it's usually just from a tin. Uh-huh. So I, and what I do is I don't I don't um, use the hobs or anything or or boil it. I I just put it in a one of these plastic cups and shove it in the microwave for two minutes. Yeah, and that's it. But um, but yeah, no, I mean that that that, that machine sounds pretty pretty cool. Add it to basket. That's what. <laughs> yeah, my basket's starting to rack up already. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, mine's pretty easy. My mum wouldn't let me even try to make my own sandwich, although I'll probably give it a bash. So uh, yeah, let's just, we can move on from that. <laughs> I like your basic. I'm, I'm very, I'm very easy to please. I like your basic ham sandwich, ham, ham salad sandwiches. Mm, that's yeah, it. You can't, you can't, you can't, can't go wrong with a ham. No. Sandwich, yeah. One one day I will uh, I will try and do it. I'm just scared about just chopping my finger off because I'm just I'm quite. I'm <laughs> did, quite... I, did I did I plant that in your in your mind from the from the first episode when I was on about when I was slicing open the rolls with that tomato knife? Oh yeah, and I remember. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and me and knives don't go well at, at all. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm quite uh. I probably I probably should kind of adapt myself, but I'm quite a fast pace kind of person. I want to do things quite quickly, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so I think that's why it would, you know, maybe obviously you, you kind of you have to kind of say, say to yourself like stop, slow down a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you got a, you got a massive knife in your hand. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so the, yeah, that takes us on into the evening when uh, the pans and the sauces come out. Um, <laughs> mine's pretty easy because I'm, I'm, especially as we're like, you know, like we said in the, in this current time, it's very much uh, ready meals for me. So it's just whacking something in the microwave, and maybe once, twice a week, I'll have a something that's cooked. But yeah, I think I'll leave. Seeing as you used to live alone, uh, it's probably more prominent for you guys. So uh, let's start with you, John. How do you go about cooking a a dinner or a tea or whatever um, you want to call it. I mean, generally, I'm I'm pretty much the same as you, Jamie. I'm, I I tend to just usually buy frozen stuff or um, just uh, ready meals and just shove them in the oven, just f- purely for simplicity. Um, but occasionally, I'll go down to the butchers and get some sort of fresh meat, cook it on the cook it on the George Foreman. Now you know you could. You know, whack some sausages or burgers or a bit of chicken on there. Um, I'll have that a couple of times a week, and I think the George Foreman grill there, another real there, other like you know they, 
it goes back to what we were saying, how, you know, they are really accessible, even though they weren't actually designed that way. It's just, mm. you know, the simple design of them. So I do I do totally love my George Foreman. Um, but I've also, somebody told me about it recently, this thing called an air fryer. Yep. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're, like, they're almost like a big, they kind of look like a slow cooker, I think it is, but they're mm. not quite slow cookers, and you can just... It, it kind of works in, works like an oven and a grill in, in one, so I was kind of interested in trying one of them out sometime, but probably not into the new year. I don't tend to experiment with cooking ways too much, because it's one of these things I'm like, oh, it's just such a chore to go and make food, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just not, not my thing at all, but... Um, Jürgen has a has a, an interesting look on his face, I'd imagine, right now. <laughs> no, well, air fryers are actually awesome. So, I mean, the whole concept of an air fryer is that you can basically do the same thing you would in a deep-fat fryer, but with about a teaspoon, or not, about a tablespoon of oil. Right. Um, so, basically, it vaporizes the oil, and it sits, like, whatever you're frying, sits in a basket in the air fryer. So that it then basically vaporizes the oil and moves it all around inside the basket. So it uses far less oil and is a lot healthier and safer, let's be honest, uh, than using a deep fat fryer. But oh, okay. There's a few of them now. So there's a few big companies who make, have sort of integrated products where it's an air fryer, a slow cooker, uh, a sort of oven all in one thing. Like some of them do like seven different things yeah. in one. Um, I think one of them is, is like there's the the ninja one. It literally is. It's called like a a ninja grill or something to that effect. And then there's mm-hmm. a few other big companies who make them as well. I don't know how accessible they are. That's been my concern. Is particularly yeah. with the ones that have got seven or eight different functions. Um, there is one of the American companies, Crock-Pot, has a prototype that's out in the States now that is integrated with um, a well-known home command system uh, with a female name, which I won't say because it will be said. Echo, there you go. Uh, yes, if I say, oh, that's <laughs> the way of saying it, yes, and Amazon Echo uh, dot, because if I say that, her name, she's going to start kicking off. Yes. Uh, so... Yeah, the the, the um, crock pot I've, I've got one coming out, or it's out in the states, but coming out here next year, which works with that device, and you can give it instructions to start cooking, how long you want it to cook for, everything via that device, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. I have to say, that sounds really interesting. Actually, you know, it, it's it's just it's something I've only just recently heard of these mm-hmm. these air fryers, and then when I sort of looked them up. I was just like, wow, these seem seem really really interesting again for the convenience factor. But like you said, Jürgen, there's no information on how accessible they are. So. Yeah, if you get you can get ones that have maybe got like one or two different functions, which I think intrinsically are going to be more accessible, right? Yeah. Than the ones that do ten different things and also send an email for you, sort of thing. You know, it's yeah sort of over-engineered to a certain degree from our perspective. Um, too many digital buttons and whatever else. Because no, 
the thing I was asking a few of them, the, the manufacturers, was whether they could make them with an, uh, an audio readout. So, mm. you know, they could then just say what it's doing, because I don't think that should be that difficult. But no luck with that so far. But no, it's, they're worth having a look at. Uh, yeah, particularly if you want to get some decent chips, you know, that's an important part of life, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, got right. fries on the go, right? Proper, proper, proper chips. <laughs> um, just a, a couple of small things when it comes to the kitchen. Do we all have your uh, your tactile mats and what have you on your microwaves or your ovens and stuff like that? Yeah, I've got, uh, my microwave's a talking microwave. Oh. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a a cobalt cobalt talking microwave. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you can get from the R&I bake. I think, uh, uh, yeah, mine actually came through my local authority. I, I got mine through okay. that a couple of years ago, um, but I think they sourced it through R&IB. Um mm. But the, the only issue with with it is that they're so damn expensive. Yes. Like you know, it's the it's the price of these bespoke things. I think that put put people off. I think the cost of mine was like two hundred quid or something. Mm. I'm like, it's a blunt, it's a microwave, man. You know, like yeah. anyone anyone else could go and buy a microwave out of somewhere like Argos or that for like forty fifty quid, mm. if that. You know, it's um. But I, it, to be to be fair, it is something that I I use my microwave a lot, and certainly with it having the the speech functionality on it, it it makes it makes it really convenient and easy to use. Mm-hmm. The R&AB have brought out a new one recently over the past month or two, uh, because more of an updated one where it's speech and what have you. But it's I think it's like 185 uh, tax taken oh, off. Oh really? Yeah. And then you can look at things like I've got. Obviously, you got obviously you got washing machines and chumma dryers, haven't you? They've they've got one on their shop. Uh, I think they've collaborated with a company. I can't remember the name of them now. And it's almost eight hundred quid for a talking washing machine. It's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Yeah, that's bonkers. I mean, my my washing machine's pretty simple. It's got an on and an off button, and then the sort of spinny dial for which setting you want it on. And I've got. Tactile markers on the three different settings I use the most, yeah. um, and that's it. I mean, and then the same on the microwave. I've got tactile markers which I use more as sort of starting points, in which I've learned which buttons are around those tactile markers. If you know what I mean, so it's more mm-hmm. for sort of um, what's the word orientation, I guess, as much as anything, right? Um, yeah, and that sort of works for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a huge issue that, you know, when companies develop these sort of specialized products for us because of the development costs, I guess, to make them commercially viable from their perspective, they become incredibly expensive. And I mean, I, 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 from, I mean, my background's in accountancy, so I totally understand where these companies are coming from. It's a tiny marketplace they've got for selling these products, but Surely there's, surely it's the sort of functions that could be quite easily built into mainstream products. You know, take your smartphones and that, for instance, and computers. So I think if they built, if they built in, you know, functionalities into the mainstream, you know, washing machines and microwaves that just make them accessible to people who need these settings, then 
you know, that would solve a big problem of the cost of these appliances. I, I think you will see that in the next five, ten years in particular, yeah. right? Yeah. As household technology becomes more integrated. Um, totally. I mean, I bought myself um, a few of those um, uh, Amazon Dot plugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've been interested in how they they work. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um I've got three for different things around the flat. Um and it's great. It's really good. And I think, you know, the as the sort of next generation of all that stuff comes out, uh, you know, household appliances and everything else, it's all gonna be linked up to your phone. I mean, mm. you know, my old flat I had the central heating hooked up to my mobile phone. Mm. Um, I've got my mum's central heating hooked up to my mobile phone because sometimes she can't work it. <laughs> uh, That's a load of fun. Uh, <laughs> it's time to go cold, mum. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> well, she she went away a while. She went well when lockdown was eased. Uh, she went away with like a couple of her friends uh, for the day. She mm. phoned me and said, oh, "I left the heating on." I said, "Oh, don't worry, I'll turn it off." Oops, done. <laughs> no problem. She just wanted to wake up in the middle of the night just really ranking it up. So she wakes up just <laughs> profusely sweating. <laughs> Why is it 35 degrees in January? What has happened? It's <laughs> uh, raining yeah. outside. Exactly. It's snowing outside, but it's 35 degrees in the house. Just to, um, just to touch on what you said about... Um, the Amazon app have, I don't know if you've seen it, they have uh, a microbe, I think, that's only available in the US, I think. Um, that's obviously uh, hooked up to your Amazon Echoes and Echo Dots and what have you. Um, something like that is like, it's mainstream, but it also just probably, I'm guessing it will help us quite a lot and not have to fork out 200 odd quid on a quite a clunky, almost old-fashioned type, you know, style uh, microwave. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's just like that. I think Amazon are saying they are like kind of the the flag bearers, is that the right, right, right saying, um, of like bringing accessible tech into the mainstream and almost making it just normalised in it, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Just to touch on the washing, how do you guys go about knowing what piece of clothing is what and then when you're getting dressed and what have or do you just kind of chuck on it? If you've got a yellow top with some blue trousers, then, you know, sell what? Yeah, so what I tend to do is, um, I mean, I know sort of generally what clothes are what because I wear them, you know, sort of on a regular basis and wash them. Um, sort of on a sort of weekly basis, really. But for for items that I you know maybe only wear now and again, like a specific jacket or um, at, at this time of year, you know more jumpers and cardigans and that. I've got um, again from the RNIB the pen friend, and yeah. they have like clothing. They have clothing labels, so you can sort of stick. You can record like little uh, messages or what of what they are on your pen friends and attach the label to the sort of the label of the item of clothing, which mm. really helps. See, so all you have to do is hover the pen friend over that tag 
and it'll read out this is a blue cardigan or red mm. cardigan or purple jumper or whatever. So just to say, it is actually called a pen, pen friend. John isn't calling that because he has no friends. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, actually yeah, called that a pen friend. That's called the pen friend. It's not my actual pen friend. They are also quite pricey. I think they're almost a hundred quid. And it's yeah, literally like yeah. to just to describe it to people, it's just a really fat pen, basically, mm-hmm. uh, with a couple yeah. of buttons on it. I got mine from uh, the council, uh, mm. sensory services girl, uh, who gave me all the uh, liquid uh, level things, gauges, whatever. She gave me the pen friend because yeah, John, I did the same thing. <laughs> your your uh, council is so generous. Mate, I might live in Wandsworth, but it's Richmond and Wandsworth. So I think the uh, the wealthy people of Richmond are funding my lifestyle. <laughs> so I'd like to oh, thank I Richmond. Say, can I have three of them as well? As the, like, oh, no. Start a new business them selling them online. I'll give you a tenner. Uh, exactly. No, I'll give you maybe 50 <laughs> for you, Jim. 50. Uh, but no, I mean, the pen friend is great for that because, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of polo shirts where I've got the same polo shirt in probably three or four different colours. Um, and the only <laughs> the only way I could be able to tell the difference between them is the pen friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, there have been uh, the occasion, it was once in the summer actually, when I uh, I used Be My Eyes uh, yes. to oh, yeah, dial in some help uh, for a cert- shirt selection uh, for a date I had in the summer. Uh, worked out quite well actually I ended up somehow with a, a group of sorority girls in the States uh, helping me go through my shirts as to which shirt to wear for my date wow. <laughs> it, was yeah, it was pretty good <laughs> what does that mean that's just dragging the shirt just picking out all these shirts yeah I've got this one you right, go <laughs> how's it going what did you help me pick out a shirt what was that <laughs> I bet you purposely went for the ones you knew you wasn't even going to wear just so you could stay on the call longer. 100%. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just flowery fruit you want to have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't pick on my Ted Baker shirt. They're quality. <laughs> 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 uh, but for a lot of stuff, I mean, because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm on um, the full amount for Pip. So, yeah. you know, I use that to justify sending uh, a load of stuff to the laundry uh, once a fortnight. I mean, a lot of stuff I wash myself, you know, but once a fortnight I send a load off to the laundry like all my socks, because like trying to pair socks, just an absolute nightmare, right? Yeah. Uh, And all that that sort of stuff, I just chuck in the bag and the uh, laundry place comes and collects it, and all my socks come back paired, which (laughs) is just a massive life relief. Well, I I, you that, know, I think it's been years since I've had any socks uh, been actually paired together. I mean, I've 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 got a dog who loves socks, so trying to even <laughs> if I find two socks, then I'm, I don't care if they're matching or not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> two socks win. <laughs> yes, I've got two today. Yes. <laughs> just John going out and just the one sock. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it has happened before. He's going out around Perth in his, his uh, open-toed sandals in the middle of winter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I think we've, uh, we've probably been 
in our own four walls. Um, actually, yeah, I suppose we can now move on to uh, the the big wide world. If that's if any unless there's anything you guys want to touch on. No, go for Last, it. We're good. Let's go with Adam. So as we step out of our uh, comfy four walls, um, there's uh, a big wide world out there that requires us to travel, especially in your guys' case, because you live in fairly busy places, or even more so for you, yeah, and obviously being in, in London. Um, so travelling is quite like a just like a day-to-day thing. So how do we... Uh, I'm trying to think of a scenario now, really, but how... Tra- travelling to their parents' house, let's say, what's, what, how does that go about for yourselves, uh, Sir Jürgen? So if I'm going to go to my mum's house... Mum's in Kirkcaldy, which is significantly closer to John than it is to me. Uh, That's about half an hour of it. Exactly. So if I'm going to go back to Kirkcaldy, typically that involves at least a week's planning, really. So, you know, the first thing, obviously, is booking train tickets, which is fairly straightforward in the days of apps, right? You can all book a Mm. train ticket without too much bother. Um, I do find... Because uh, I'll travel with um, well, one of the two but, uh, companies that do the East Coast Line back up to Scotland. And if you book your assistance with them, it's reasonably good. But I always find it's better to do it at least two or three days before. So then it gets through to all the right people. They say you can do it up to 24 hours or even same day. But mm. I found if you do it same day in particular, the probability that the message has got through to everybody is not brilliant yeah. largely no. so i mean for where i live in balham to going up to king's cross i'm quite fortunate in that it is one tube line that would take me straight there so as of a few weeks ago uh transport for london have reinstated the turn up and go um, service where if i go to the tube station and tell them where i want to go a member of staff will guide me down to the tube, get me on a tube train, and they will radio to the station I'm going to, which car, which train I'm on, which carriage I'm in, and they'll then come and guide me out. So I can get on and off the tube from there, because with my cane I can guide myself up to the tube station easily enough. Um, I can get guided onto the tube, off the tube, and then up into the train station, which is out of that same tube station up the top of London and the LNAR staff will then come and collect me and then guide me onto the train which all works pretty easily I've got to say and then similar thing normally a couple of members of staff are aware of you on board and they'll come and check on you during your journey uh, again I mean I had a pretty bad experience of that during the summer where that didn't work but mm. broadly speaking it does and then get up to my hometown and a member of staff come and guide you off the train and the station staff are normally there uh, are instructed then to meet you as well and guide you off back to the taxis to get back to mum's. Uh takes a bit of coordination but it's it's doable you know mm. uh, if I'm feeling super lazy I can't just get a taxi you know that's not very hard uh, but if I want to do at least show a bit of independence uh with a bit of coordination, a bit of planning, it's all very doable. Mm. 
the John Hammond. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, pretty much, pretty much same as Jurgen. I mean, I, um, during normal times anyway, I, I tend to, I, I tend to, I tend to be through in Edinburgh, um, quite on quite a regular basis. Usually, at least a few times a week. Um, and again, I have to sort of book the, book the ScotRail assistance. Um, you know, either like a, it's, for me, it's usually about a day in advance. I'll book it. Um, but I find, um, I find from my local station at Perth train station because they know me pretty well, and it's usually the same staff all the time. Uh, I can usually get assistance there, no problem. But I found ScotRail to be a bit hit or miss when it comes to passenger assistance, although I know that they've apparently been doing a lot of work around the passenger assist um, service that they provide um, during COVID, and particularly this year, the staff have been um, receiving a lot of training, so I believe, or so I've been told anyway. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I again, like Jürgen, um, I usually travel down to London I'm usually down about maybe three four times a year um for sort of work reasons and every single time I've been in London I've found the uh, TFL tube stuff the turn up and go service is just amazing like I've never yet been let down by by travelling on the tube and I can certainly feel confident in getting it you know somebody's waiting as soon as you the tube pulls into the station somebody's there at the carriage ready to either take you to your connection or you know out of the station mm-hmm. and you know it would just be fantastic if that sort of service was you know across the whole rail network you know you could just turn up and go and get assistance as you arrived at any train station in the UK mm-hmm. that would just be be something phenomenal because again you feel as as a as a as a disabled person you're having to put extra effort into traveling you know by booking not only your tickets in advance but also booking your assistance in advance you know you've got that extra layer of planning um, mm-hmm. compared to other people so you know just i think uh that turn up and go services. Every time I've been in London, it's been you know one of the things that I'm just thinking like I I I almost look forward to it. I'm like this is just a great service. Um, I just wish it was, you know, replicated rolled out. Across, yeah, yeah, replicated across the UK would be brilliant. I will I will provide ballads because uh, there will be a lot of Londoners listening to this throwing things at the wall going, you know, not during COVID, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, no, that's no, been a big problem. And mm. even since TFL instructed their staff to start providing the service again, it's still hit and miss at the moment. Uh, but the essence yeah. of the service is fantastic when it does work. Yeah. I um, I didn't actually know that existed, the, the turn up and go on. I've up to well, up until the start of the pandemic, really, I was quite a frequent traveller down to London um, mm. from Coventry, uh, and you know, well, an hour and a half journey. Sometimes an hour, you get the Virgin train, and or what's the other one called now? Now, it's going to it's going to annoy me. That is Avanti, Avanti. There we go. And uh, it's, it, assistance is fairly straightforward. I've 
they helped me on the train fine. Um, but I've, I don't know whether it's just because it's a short journey, but I've never been, no one, no assistant's ever come up to me and said, you're okay, do you want anything? Bear in mind, I'm just on standard and it's only an hour, an hour and a half journey, so that's probably why. But I've been, uh, I've been forgotten about a couple of times when I got into Houston, uh, mm. which is, it's, 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 it's not great, but it, the fact that Houston is the last stop for the, the when, the, and that's where the train terminates, puts me at ease slightly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you're going to go beyond Houston and go on to Bournemouth or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Welcome but, to Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. I mean, I've actually had better experiences going from Coventry to New Street and even booking on the day with assistance, and they're they're really good. They're literally take you on and they're they're on straight away and take me off and and what have you so um mm. the shorter more kind of instant journeys have actually been quite easy for me um and yeah like they used to be saying then the, the transport for london uh what's it turn up and go i didn't know existed if i knew that existed in the time where i was traveling down to london and pretty much almost on a weekly basis to see my partner at the time i would have been all over that but yeah um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a like I said, John. It's definitely something that if that if that system and that fluidity was shown across all rail networks across the whole of the UK, then us blind people and just disabled people in general would be a lot more comfortable when it comes to travelling, especially long distance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think they're they're. I think it's I think it's difficult because you know there's you know, various different rail providers and they obviously all work differently and there's not, you know, there's not one sort of universal booking service for assistance. You know, they've all got their own their own services. So I think that's where it becomes quite challenging. But even if it was something like Network Rail, it, you know, rolled out uh, an assistance service for the rail network that they could, you know, eventually work towards getting a turn up and go service right across mm. the network i think that would be something that you know all disabled people could could definitely benefit from because it's mm. it has for the most part anyways it's worked well with tfl in london at the tube stations right. make sure make sure ask a question why is it because it's longer journeys that they can't get a turn up and go is that the main reason or is i think it depends i mean I think it's because some of it's staff planning, right? I think in just in terms of having people ready and available. Um, I mean, I think for us, uh, it's easy and there's probably a bit more flexibility. And I think if I've, you know, um, I think when I've looked at some of like, um, I don't know if you follow Doug Polly on Twitter. Yeah. But some of his travel stories, you know, he clearly goes through a much harder time, a lot of that, uh, in terms of his ability to travel, particularly on a same-day basis. Uh, I, I think that's the one thing that they all need to work towards. It's it's not reasonable to think that we shouldn't expect to be able to decide, oh, you know what, I better just get the train to Newcastle. Oh, yeah. no, no, you have to book 24 hours ahead. No, that's nonsense. Like, or, or emergency basis or anything like that. Well, exactly that. So it should absolutely be possible, and I think there needs to be improvements around that. The rail, the, all of the cross-country rail providers that fall under network rail, 
their disability assistance programs all do connect together because oh, right. if, you, okay, if you've know. got one account on one they can get your details from the other which i only <laughs> figured when i would only ever booked with one and then the other had all of my details and i was like how have you got that uh and they explained it to me that it was all connected through network rail oh, so okay. anyway so uh that's trains trains is probably i mean i don't have any of us tried i haven't not my own anyway try getting on a plane by ourselves yet no yep yeah yeah you have yeah. oh, okay sorry <laughs> come on youngster sort yourself out <laughs> God, what, what's i'm interested to know what's uh what's what's that like then what's it's an experience anyway. I mean, I like last year I travelled to uh, I, I travelled to Germany on my own, and um, I had to actually get a connecting flight in Frankfurt to go to another airport in Germany in Bremen. Um, and it, it, I again, um, you know, you've got to you you book your flights and you also phone up and book your assistance at the airports and um, I, I mean it can be a bit it can be a bit hit or a miss um, depending mm. on what airport I think you're you're going to I, I was fortunate that Edinburgh Airport are pretty pretty spot on when it comes to um, assistance mm. and it's important to note when you book flights it's the airport providing assistance, not the airline. So, mm. and there tends to not be so much. I, I've, in my experience, the communication between the airlines and the airport can be a bit iffy. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I received amazing service at um, Edinburgh Airport, and the guy was trained in sighted guiding and everything. So, they actually had the ramble tag. I don't know if you guys have. Mm. Yeah. You know, the arm the armbands with the yep. little things. So, you know, getting guide, guided right through the airport was absolutely f- brilliant. You know, I, I mm. sort of turned up and they had the ramble tag and right through security, right to the gate. And when it was boarding, they took me right up to the door of the plane. And then it was up to the staff to help there. And even when we, even when I got to Frankfurt Airport, they had one of, uh, because it's such a huge airport, and I was going for a connecting flight. I only had about twenty minutes or something, so they actually had pulled up one of these. Um, I don't know how to describe them. They're like almost like little mini cars. The like, like the golf baggage. carts. Yeah, 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 a bit like a golf cart. Yeah, so like to drive right through the, mm. the for the next. Yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty cool actually. It was, <laughs> just just zooming past everyone, you know, just waving <laughs> to them as you going past. Like, yeah, Who, but, who's um, that? That's 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 no, it's just John from Scotland. <laughs> VIP coming like, through. Uh, He's an excited Scotsman on a car going through Frankfurt Airport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a VIP, VIP, rushing through Swinging his long cane about in there. <laughs> as, long as, as long as it was only your long cane you were swinging about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a children's show, children's show. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so, yeah, uh, here's something. Did, uh, going through the airport, did you get offered a wheelchair by any chance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've even, even um, you know, when I've travelled internally in the UK, if I've flown, you know, from Scotland down to London or Southampton or whatever, 
I, I usually have my dog with me. Um, mm. And I mean, and this guy turns up the wheelchair, and I'm like, "What are you expect me? Is it is, is the chair for me or the dog?" You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they say the dog. You know, it's, oh man, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I take full advantage of that. I left. Well, God, I have been, I have used these systems, but only with obviously family members. I haven't been sorry by myself, and they do roll up with a wheelchair. I'm like, yes, please, because those <laughs> those walks when you go from, especially from like the the uh, you know the, the the area where the shops and the food and restaurants are, mm. that walk to your gate is a it's like a marathon. So it's yeah, it's proper long. I'm like, yeah, I'll happily sit in that wheelchair, thanks. And <laughs> <laughs> you you wheel me along. I know it might look quite fraudulent when I just get out and start walking normally. Yeah. But, um, you know, so what's, uh, what's, what's your experience with that then, Jürgen? So, I mean, well, since I lost my sight, I've only done internal UK flights. Um, you know, if you rock up by taxi to uh, London City Airport, they're brilliant. There's normally at least one assistance person standing outside, if not two. And as soon as they see the cane coming out the taxi, they are straight on it. Um, across to help, you know, what do you need? Can we help you? Yeah, same thing. Um, sighted guiding uh, towards check-in. Uh, I mean, London City is pretty small airport, but yeah. the, the last time, I think I had, about, I had about an hour until my flight, and they just like were like, oh, we're just going to skip security. Yeah, we'll just walk you through the thing. Um, sighted guiding. Uh, towards check-in. Uh, I mean, London City is pretty small airport, but yeah. the, the last time, I think I had about, about an hour until my flight, and they just like were like, oh, we're just going to skip security. Yeah, we'll just walk you through. Oh. Yeah, no problem. I really um, love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, that, that's brilliant, because I've got a bomb in my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> on, Johnny. Oh. Uh, I mean, when I, I flew through I flew Action. back. I flew back from Heathrow uh, earlier in the year. Actually, when I got to Heathrow, I did. I did take the wheelchair because Heathrow is an absolute monster. And I arrived at the, the sort of um, drop-off area, and the assistance guy met me there, and was like, "Oh, sorry, would you like a wheelchair?" I was like, "I right, go on then. <laughs> I'll have a seat. You do the work, son. Uh, no problem." But uh, I found. I mean, I've only ever, I haven't actually ever gone the extra level of notifying the airport. I found booking, letting the airline know, and then turning up at the airport has gone all right so far, I'd have to say. I think and that's then, how often it, yeah. Yeah, and then certainly, you know, they're great at getting you on the plane first, uh, off the plane last, and someone comes and meets you, never a problem. Uh all in all, I mean, it's probably going to be some um, airline airline variants, but aye, all works pretty well. Mm. And I do one of the pluses of being given said wheelchair is if you are with your twenty-three-year-old cousin, which I was in the way to IB for last year, it's a hell of a lot of fun when you just he's just having a laugh and he's he's scooting me around duty through with glass bottles either side of me about ten twenty miles per hour. Oh. <laughs> And I'm just having a blast of a time. I've got a bottle of Grey Goose in my hand. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so you were shoplifting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't shoplifting. 
just totally, I could just totally see you getting pushed through the airport, you know, blind guy getting pushed through the airport, down in a bottle of grey <laughs> Just wave my hands about. Oh yeah. Oh, so yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually looking forward to yeah, my first independent flight. Because um, yeah. from what you guys say, it's uh, fairly, fairly smooth experience internal and external. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, anyway, it's pretty, mm. pretty smooth. So I suppose tra- traveling. That's kind of you have your buses. Buses are a bit. I'm, I'm genuinely scared of buses. Um, yeah. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on them are. You've, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's just a bit of a bit of a crooked kind of kind of try and dodge that if I can kind of thing, isn't it? I didn't get on buses before COVID. I'm definitely not getting on a bus during COVID. Would be yeah. my uh, short evaluation of buses. <laughs> yeah, John, I'm, you I'm exactly the same. You know, I just try to at the moment. I'm like avoiding buses like the plague, and you know, I've, I've certainly certainly not missed being on a bus. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd rather pay that extra five pounds to get a taxi. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. See, there, there is there is one unique difference to getting on a bus in Scotland, though, Jamie. It's Scottish grannies. If you ever get on a bus <laughs> in Scotland, you will never get have a bus journey of more than five minutes without a granny saying to you, "Where are you going? Uh, oh, where have you been? Oh, hi. Oh, lovely." Oh. You're going to meet your friends. Oh, hi, that's lovely, that. Like, you can't, you can't avoid it. No, that, that, is, that is so true. There's no way around it. No way around it. Uh, you set me up now. If I get on a bus in Scotland and there isn't a granny, I'll be disappointed. Well, well whatever your taste is, mate. Like... <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I, I set myself up there. that one. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's loving it. He's, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there, there, there's a sound bite that will go viral. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! There we go. Anyway, so um, I think that's travel pretty much yeah. wrapped up. Um, obviously you got your kind of physical travel of uh, with a cane and with a guide. I can pretty much fairly. You know, expand self-explanatory for people that are listening, or a lot to think so. Anyway, you know, we walk, we wave our cane in front of us, and the dog. Uh, give, I was going to say, gives us directions. Then that's, that's not what I want to say. <laughs> <Left>. <laughs> I, I wish he gave me directions. <laughs> <laughs> that that would that would justify the people that kneel down to speak to the dog, wouldn't it? That's, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. So um, I think we've uh, have we covered. Most things that we're, we're planning on talking about is that you two got any anything to add? I think we've covered just about everything. Ash, I think unless you've got anything else to add, Jordan. I don't think so. I think we've done a, a resoundingly good job as always, boys. Yes, yeah, I'm so. sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to the third episode of the Blind Social. Um, and if you want, yeah, I can should be a more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Regular uh, voice, then just uh, just 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 tell him to build up his ego even more. <laughs> um, just just tell him. How dare you? <laughs> I resemble that remark. 
Um, so yeah, so if, and if you want, if there's any other people that you might want to hear or any I'm topics ju- that you I'm, want I'm, us to talk about, you no, know, I'm just going to say it now. I want Jurgen on every time because I learned something. I've, I've got, I've got an Amazon basket full of new <laughs> <laughs> It's going to cost you very dearly. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if anyone, if there's anyone else, if people want to hear on talk about a specific topic or anything like that, then please uh, let us know. Um, we'd be more than happy to consider it, just like Gordon did with the topic we spoke about today. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. And if anyone wants to find you, Jürgen, on Twitter or anywhere else, Instagram, where can they go? They can find me on Twitter at MrJD1984 and on Instagram at the underscore blind underscore foodie. And John? I am uh, at John Attenborough on Twitter. Your your first name threw me up to begin with, actually, because it's just J-O-N. JD1984. And on Instagram at the underscore blind underscore foodie. And John? I am uh, at John Attenborough on Twitter. Your your first name threw me up to begin with, actually, because it's just J-O-N, and it's not J-O-H-N. Yeah, um, that's because my name's Jonathan, and it's spelt J-O-N yeah. instead of J-O-H-N, so it is a wee bit, is a wee bit of an odd spelling, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so it's John as in J-O-N, John Attenborough on Twitter. And uh, mine is at that blind lad on Twitter. Um, if you haven't listened to any of the podcasting previously, then... Uh, I strongly recommend you listen to the first few episodes of the Blind Social me and John have done, as well as a interview that came up uh, Sunday just gone that I did with Rachel Charlton Daly. Um, that's a, a, one of my favourite interviews, so go and give that a listen. And also my not-so-serious series where me and a friend have a laugh and talk about some wacky, weird and wonderful news headlines. Um, so go and check them out. And, yeah, it's a, it's a bye from me. And me. And him.